This is the word of the Lord this morning to us. What is it he wants us to hear? What is it he wants us to learn? Tim, sit up straight. Come on, man. There you go. Thanks. Johnny? Okay. Jenna? Posture matters. Posture matters, doesn't it? Yeah. When I was in high school, my mom was having some health difficulties, some health challenges, and she saw all sorts of specialists. One of them suggested that she work on her posture. Now, I'm not sure what health issues she was having, but all I remember is all of a sudden, mom started sitting up a lot straighter. She started carrying herself a little bit taller. And wouldn't you know it, in a couple of weeks to a couple of months, she started feeling better. It could be said that with the intentionality and effort she was putting forth towards her posture, she grew. Not taller, but health-wise. She she experienced growth in health by focusing on her posture. Can I be so bold this morning as to say that for us to experience growth in our relationship with Jesus, for us to experience growth in our walks with Christ, we must focus on our posture. Because posture matters. For us to grow in the Lord, posture matters. Now, I had thought about saying something along the lines of proper posture precedes progress. But let's be honest, you don't want to hear me say that 27 times this morning, and you would have forgotten what the four Ps were by the time you got to your car. So we're going super simple. Posture matters. Do you want to grow in your faith? If your answer is yes, you must check your posture. Now, let me clarify something. When I talk about posture, I am not talking about how, sit, how, how straight you sit in church. Thank you, Tim. When I talk about posture, I am not talking about the body position you have when you're at home reading your Bible. I'm not talking about whether you fold your legs, don't fold your legs, hold your hands, tilt your head, whatever you do when you pray. That's not what I'm talking about when I talk about posture. When I talk about posture, I am talking about how you come before Jesus. I'm talking about your approach, your attitude, your willingness to learn, and your willingness to be taught. Kids, this is the answer to number one, okay? When I talk about posture, I'm talking about the way you come before Jesus, Your attitude, your approach, your willingness to be taught, your willingness to change. It is that type of posture that I want to say really determines whether or not you will grow in your relationship with Christ. Posture matters. And I realized that this past week in the most unexpected of places. I realized that in the story of the raising of Lazarus. See, at the end of church last week, Tim came to me and he said, hey, so do you have any idea what direction you're going for next week? And I said, yeah, I've got notes already. We're going to talk about God wanting to raise dead things in our lives because he still wants to raise those, and, and he's, still gonna, he's still powerful. And, and wouldn't you know it, I went into Monday with notes and outline and everything, and God said, wait, let me show you something. And I realized that in reading this story of the raising of Lazarus, that one particular section really was about posture. And God kept drawing my attention back to that time. And it's the time that Jesus interacted with the sisters. So this morning, we're going to spend some time with Jesus and the sisters. Sound like fun? I want to pray. 
Lord God, as we do every Sunday, we come before you asking you to speak. We come before you asking to hear from you. God, we recognize that your word is your gift to us. It's your revelation of us, revelation of you, and it points us towards you. It points us towards the work you have done. So, Lord, this morning we want to see what you want us to see, and we want to hear what you want us to hear. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's something powerful about being with somebody, isn't there? That's why since Ash Wednesday, we have been spending time purposely with Jesus. We spent time with him in his wilderness temptations. We spent time with him after dark with Nicodemus. We spent time with him and the Samaritan woman at the well. Last week, we spent time with Jesus and a blind man that he made see, and we talked about evangelism cake. And today, we are spending time with Jesus and the sisters. Now, we know that they're sisters for two reasons. The first is this. The text tells us. Verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. The text tells us they're sisters, but there's more to that that helps us understand they are. And it's because when they speak, they say the exact same thing. Sisters tend to do that. Somebody's laughing. You were like, you have a sister? Do you ever say the same thing? You do not say. I have got a pair of twins in Awana, okay, that every week when I ask a question, they both raise their hand. And I'll call on one of them, and she gives me an answer, and I slowly see the other hand go down. And I call on the other one, did you have something to say? No, she already said it. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. That happens every single week. That's what happened in our story today. Both sisters said the exact same thing. We see this in John chapter 11, verse 20 and 21. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, look at verse 32. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have have died. The exact same thing. So they're sisters, right? They say the exact same thing, but if you look at their posture, you're going to realize it is completely different. And as I said at the beginning, posture matters. If you want to grow in your faith, you have to pay attention to your posture. So this morning, we're going to look at the story of Mary and Martha. But since it's hard to see growth in just one story, we're going to look at three different stories of them. And we're going to see if they progressed in their faith. Our first encounter with Jesus and the sisters happens in Luke chapter 10. You can follow along up on the screen as I read it from the text. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 and following. As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. So Jesus came, or she, so she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it. It will not be taken away 
from her. If, when I'm talking about posture, if I'm talking about how you approach Jesus, your willingness to be taught, your willingness to learn, your attitude, then that text is obviously a text about posture. So we're going to look at Martha's posture first. Martha is the sister that invited Jesus or welcomed Jesus into her home. You know, several times in the New Testament, it mentions Jesus going to Bethany or spending some time in Bethany, and it doesn't specifically say where he stayed. We can assume it was at this house because he seems to have a relationship with them. So by inviting Jesus over to her house, and in a practical way, Martha's posture starts off good. Hey, come over. I want to spend time with you. I, I want you to come on inside. And in that culture, when you invited somebody in for a meal, it meant you're welcome into my life. So we start off with Martha in a very good place, but it takes a quick turn. Verse 40, Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. If if posture is partly attitude, Martha's posture we see is struggling right now. She's distracted by the dinner that she's making, and she's frustrated that she's doing all the work. And boy, oh boy, shouldn't Jesus have told Mary to get off her backside and help out? I mean, that's what Martha thought. I'm going to assume that in making this request, Martha was physically standing up. I'm going to assume that she didn't go and sit next to her sister, you know, and make that request at Jesus' feet in, in humble submission. I'm going to assume it was something like this. You know, she's got her mixing bowl, right? Lord, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair? I'm making this meal for you. Tell her to help me. You want to know something? Sometimes we get so busy serving the Lord that we forget the Lord that we serve. Sometimes we get so busy serving the Lord that we forget the Lord that we serve. Sometimes we get so busy doing things for Jesus that we forget that really it's about spending time with Jesus. And it appears that Martha has made that mistake. So in this story in Luke, Jesus corrects her very gently. Verse 41 and 42. But Jesus said to her, my dear Martha, You are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken away from her. So did Martha learn? Did her posture get corrected? We don't see any more in that text, so let's jump to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, verse 20 to 28. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask for. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Well, yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises on the last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed you're the Messiah and the Son of God and the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. 
So did growth happen? Between Luke 10 and John 11, did we see some improvement? Any change in her posture? Physically, I'd say no, okay? Because in Luke's story, I assumed that Martha came and was standing talking to Jesus. We can assume, because it doesn't mention anything otherwise here, that Martha is again standing talking to Jesus. But that's just her physical posture. Emotionally, relationally, spiritually, I would say that just about everything changed. Because notice first where she came from. Picture that house right there. Lazarus's house, Mary and Martha's house. There are crazy chaos. There is crazy chaos of family grieving. There are mourners coming to town to visit. There's post-funeral plans. There's the turmoil of Martha and her own spirit for having just lost her brother. This is way more chaotic than a simple meal for Jesus would have been in Luke chapter 10. Even in all that chaos, Martha decided that the most important thing was to be with Jesus. In all the chaos, Martha decided that the most important thing was to be with Jesus. She knew, she grew, her posture pursued going to be with him. Our text says when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. Her posture says, I need to be with Jesus right now. I don't need to be in the kitchen making snacks for all the guests. I don't need to be on the floor holding the other family members and friends who are crying because my brother died. I don't need to be making post-funeral additions to the burial spices. No, right now, I need to be with Jesus. That's what her posture says, and that's growth, isn't it? Compared to the first story, I would say yes. Same physical posture, different experience. And then we see her standing there with Jesus, conversing with him, and we get to witness one of the greatest conversations in all of Scripture. Verse 21 and 22, Martha said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask for. Jesus said, your your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said. He will rise again when everyone else rises on the last day. Talk about faith. Talk about belief when she professes that. Now, there's some scholars that that will say that Martha's not getting it right now. There's a disconnect somewhere because they're saying she only understands it up here. That's why she's talking about him rising at the end, and she's not thinking about what Jesus is going to do very soon. That might be the case. And that might be why Jesus had to clarify. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Watch Martha's response. Do you believe this, Martha? Jesus asked. She says, yes, Lord, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Can I just say that Martha just nailed it? She just nailed it. Jesus as Son of God. Jesus as sent from God. Jesus as Messiah. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he wrote the letter to the church in Rome in chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Paul says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Now, Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet, but there is absolutely no doubt that Martha is confessing with her mouth and believing in her heart. So like I said, she just flat out nailed it. Even if the majority of her understanding is just up here, to me it doesn't matter. Her posture is in the right place. Verse 27, I believe you're the Messiah, the one sent from God, the one who's come into the world from God. And then she returns to Mary and goes and tells her, Jesus wants to see you. Confess, believe, share. That sounds like a good posture to be in right now. Posture matters, and it matters a ton when you're trying to grow spiritually. So let's see if Martha's posture continues on this growth trajectory. Flip your Bibles over one page and go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, the next story of Jesus hanging out with the sisters. Six days before Passover, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. We're looking at Martha's posture right now. And what do we see in this story? It says a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served. Martha served. Has she gone backwards? that looks a lot like what she did in Luke chapter 10. Did the growth that we see happen in John 11 take a backwards slide? Could be easy to jump to that conclusion, but I think if we did jump there, I think we'd be wrong. I think Martha continues to have the right posture, and here is why. It's because of two things. It's because of what she's doing and because of what's not said. Kids, this is number five. It's because of what she's doing and because of what's not said. First, a look at what she's doing. Two words is how we translate it in English. Martha served. Martha served. In the Greek, the word is diakoneo, and it means one of two things, to serve as in to wait a table, or it could mean to minister. It could mean to minister, and by that it means caring for the needs of the others as the Lord guides in a very active and practical way. I believe the latter definition is what we should use here. I think Martha, in serving Jesus, is doing exactly what God the Father is prompting her to do. Now, more than just that, I think she's living into her spiritual gifts. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 7 and 13. If your gift is serving, serve others well. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be ready to practice hospitality. When the Apostle Paul writes Timothy and Titus and he's laying out these lists of ways leaders in the church should act, on both of the lists, hospitality and service is there. Both lists say these leaders should enjoy having guests in their home. I think that in John chapter 12, we are witnessing Martha in her proper posture, having grown in her faith enough in Jesus 
to be fully okay with who she is and who God has made her to be and to be living out of that. She's ministering to Jesus. That's what she's doing. Now, what's not being said? I want you to notice there's no complaining from Martha. Not this time. And Jesus doesn't have to correct her this time. So that's why I would say she has continued to grow. She's continued to grow. Her proper progress has progressed into proper posture matters. Let's take a look at her sister, Mary. Jumping back to Luke chapter 10, verse 38 and 39. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. What is Mary's posture in this story? Well, physically, she is literally at the feet of Jesus. This is a place of submission. It's a place of learning. It's a place close to Jesus. She loved Jesus. Jesus loved her and her siblings in return. We see that in verse 5 of this chapter. So she loved Jesus, and she really just wanted to be near him. She wanted to glean what he would offer. She wanted to bask in his presence. She was being concerned with the things Jesus said somebody should be concerned about. Now, I don't want to knock Martha in this story, but Mary in this story seems to have nailed it. She seems to be right on. So can she grow in this posture? John chapter 11. We'll start in verse 20. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Mary stayed in the house. Remember later, Martha had to come and get her. Martha had to tell her Jesus wanted, her, wanted to talk to her. Why did she stay? Had she missed the announcement that Jesus was coming? Did she not see her sister grab her coat and her sandals and go out to meet Jesus? Was she so overcome with her own grief and her own sadness, so overcome by the enormity of losing a brother that she just was only thinking about herself at that time? Or was she so consumed with everybody else in her house? You look at verse 28, and it says that Martha had to pull her away from the other mourners to talk to her. I don't want to read more into this text than I should, but there's a part of me that asked the question this last week, was Mary a little bit frustrated at Jesus because he didn't come sooner? Again, not wanting to read more into the text than is there, but is her posture a little bit closed off to Jesus? That'd be hard to justify, especially seeing as how quickly she goes to, to meet Jesus. Verse 29 says, so Mary immediately went to him. Now, watch her posture, verse 32. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Where is Mary? What is she doing? She's right back at the feet of Jesus. Just like in the Luke story, except this time she's weeping. In her brokenness and her pain and in whatever frustration she may or may not have been feeling towards Jesus, we find her again at the feet of Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Her physical posture, though probably not as straight as in the story of Luke. In fact, she was probably hunched over. 
weeping, a complete mess. And from this pain of loss, that is the posture we find her in at that moment. And that's the posture she needed to be in. Now, not only was it the posture she needed to be in, it was a posture that affected Jesus. It touched him on an emotional level. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and he saw the other people wailing with her, he was deeply moved or he had deep anger that welled up within him and he was, he was deeply troubled. I'm not quite sure what that means. I'm not sure why he was angered or, or, or uh, well, I could tell why he's deeply moved, but what this text shows me is that Mary's posture affected Jesus. Because what we see is him weeping. Shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept. Now, I had always thought that he wept because he had lost a friend, Lazarus. And maybe that was part of it, but really in this text, he's weeping because he's seeing the posture of Mary broken at his feet. So is there growth in Mary's posture? Can we determine whether or not she's gone backwards or forwards? Kind of tough to say from this text. Let's look at the next one. John chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Six days before the Passover celebration, Jesus began. Or excuse me, before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with this fragrance. Okay, so I actually answer these questions. Where was Lazarus? At the table. Where was Jesus? Sitting at the table. Where was Martha? Serving. Where's Mary? Once again at the feet of Jesus. Once again at the feet of Jesus. Perhaps not sitting and learning like she did in the first story. Perhaps not hunched over weeping like she did in the second story. This time she is anointing Jesus with a very expensive jar of perfume. Very expensive, as in 300 days worth of income. That's almost a complete year. In today's language, that's somewhere between thirty dollars and $150,000 for a jar of perfume. It gets better than that, though. She's not just anointing with expensive perfume. She's, she's wiping it with her hair. She's wiping his feet with her hair. And in that day, a woman letting her hair down around any guy other than her husband was a big no-no. It was a huge social faux pas. But Mary didn't care. We could say that her posture in doing this was a posture of, I care more for Jesus than what other people think right now. Mary is being fully present with her Savior. Sacrificially, with the cost of the perfume, not caring what the neighbors thought, she is giving Jesus her best. Can anybody argue with that posture? Hard to argue with it. Posture matters. Posture matters. So good story, right? Good story, Pastor. What do we do with it? Where do we go from here? 
Well, I began by telling you about my mom and her posture and her intentionality with it leading towards growth. So maybe we start by asking us the question, are you growing spiritually? Are you becoming closer to Christ? Are you looking more like Christ? Are you having more and more of his attitude? If you're not growing, or if you want to grow more, perhaps what we need to do is say this, check your posture. Check your posture. There's your takeaway for today. Now, what does that look like? What does that look like? Could it it be that this week you need to actually spend some time at the feet of Jesus learning? Maybe some time in here. Maybe some time praying. Maybe some time in silence. That was the example Mary set for us. Could it be that your posture needs to, to have an attitude of welcome and you actually invite somebody into your home? You serve them a meal. You serve them in some other way. Could that be the posture that Jesus wants to grow in you this week? That was Martha's example. Could it be that maybe you need to have a conversation with somebody about spiritual things? Again, Martha, she did that. That's her posture. Maybe, maybe you finally, as a posture, need to let go of whatever emotion you're holding back and fully give yourself to Jesus. He'll be moved by that. Could it be that your posture this week needs to be that of Martha confessing who Jesus is? Might it be that today is the day you say, yes, Jesus, I believe you're the Messiah. I believe you're from God. I believe you're the Son of God. Maybe that's the posture God wants you to have today. And if that's the posture he wants you to have, pray a simple prayer and then come and find me afterwards and tell me, I want to celebrate with you. Something practical. Something to take away. Be thinking of one way you can make sure that your posture is in the right place with Jesus this week. Just one thing you could do. Perhaps it's one of the things I mentioned. Perhaps it's something else. We're going to take communion now. And I want you to be thinking of this one thing while we take communion. We're just, I'm just going to leave it up here. We're going to spread it out. We're going to have you guys come on up. Come to the middle. Come on up. Take it. Go back around the outside. And as you do that, be thinking about that one thing you're going to do to make sure your posture is in the right place with Jesus. Now, when you get back to your seats, feel free to take the communion when you're ready. And before you start to sing with the worship team, grab a little scribble note and write down that one thing that you're going to do this week to make sure your posture is in the right place. And then I'd encourage you, stick it on your bathroom mirror. Put it on your computer screen, put it on your school backpack, and do that. Because can you imagine by next week if each one of us did something very intentional to improve our posture before Jesus? We would come back next Sunday different people. As a corporate body of believers, we would come back closer to Jesus. And who knows what our worship would look like next week if we all took steps closer to Jesus. Tell you what, I want to see what it would look like. So one thing, one practical thing you can do this week to make sure your posture is in the right place. Worship team, I'm going to invite you guys to to come on forward. On your way by, feel free to grab communion. And then uh, you guys can start playing, and I will pray for this.
Let me pray for this. Jesus, again this week, we, uh, we came back to practical. We came back to, to the way we approach you, to our attitude, our heart attitude. We come back to whether or not we are willing to be taught by you, whether or not we're willing to grow. Jesus, I pray that this week, in fact, I pray that in these next moments, you would lay on each of our hearts one thing that we can do this week to make sure our posture is in the right place with you. And I pray, Lord, that as you weigh this on each of our individual hearts, we would do what we need to do this week to make sure we're there. And then, Lord, I look forward to to what you're going to do, bringing us back together next week, having purposely taken steps closer to you. Jesus, I want to thank you for your sacrifice as we once again take communion this week. I pray that you would help us to remember why we are doing it. Remind us of the bread representing your broken body. Remind us of the cup representing your shed blood for us. Remind us that this act symbolizes a new covenant of the forgiveness of sins. And remind us, Lord, that we can come before you in whatever posture we may be. Lord, being willing to be grown and changed because of the work you did on the cross. So, Lord, bless the the bread, bless the cup. And in these next moments, Father, may we sense your presence. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So again,